Welcome to our podcast, Autoimmune and You. I'm one of your hosts, Erica. And I'm your other host, Rachel. We're just two women with rheumatoid arthritis who are sharing our personal experiences managing this disease holistically. And we are both wellness coaches, so we are super passionate about empowering you to live your happiest and healthiest life. Before we get into this amazing, juicy episode that we recorded for you, we just wanted to remind you about our 2023 Women's Autoimmune Retreat. This is going to be the second annual one. Now, we have already done three rounds of group interviews, interviewing people that have been seriously interested, but we noticed that there are many of you who have enrolled in our newsletter that haven't necessarily filled out the pre-application, and we just want to make sure that you're actually getting our emails. Someone notified us that our email went to their spam. And so we want to encourage you to check your spam and make sure that you're getting our emails. So for everyone who has been interested and highly, highly looking forward to this, but hasn't taken the next step to fill out the pre-application, we want you guys right now, if you fill it in your bones, you watched all of our reels on Instagram and you were feeling excited at that moment, try to remember how it felt to watch everyone at this retreat having the most amazing epic time of their life and coming out of our retreat with lifelong friendships. We want you guys to go fill out the application now, get that done because we are going to have more group call interviews at the end of this month. Um, so for anyone last minute who was like, you know what, I thought about it, I really wanted to do it, but I just didn't take that next step. Go take that next step so you can be a part of this next experience because we have so many things in store for you guys. And as we've done these group calls, we are gathering more information from the people that are coming and we have a better and more clear idea of the direction that we want to go next year. Hey, welcome back to Autoimmune and You. Um, We're so stoked about this episode right now. First of all, I am back in my element. I'm back in Seattle after a month in Nebraska with family. And I'm just feeling really renewed and excited to record from my own space again. And um, today we have kind of like a very thought-provoking episode for you. I want to raise one question for you before we really get into the juiciness of this. The question being, do we ever actually overcome fear or do we just learn to move through it and actually face it? Before we started recording, Erica and I were like, how have we not recorded an episode on this before? Like fear is such a huge, like part of just anyone's life journey, much less the autoimmune journey. Um, There's just so many things that can hold us back from doing the things that are on our heart, that our intuition is guiding us to do. And fear is a really big block in a lot of our paths. And not to mention fear is one of the lowest human vibrations there are. So like, not only is it stopping you from doing a lot of like really cool shit in your life or actually diving into that deeper healing, but it's also keeping you stuck at a lower frequency, which is also going to block other things from happening in your life. Yep. And so many things. If you think about your healing health journey, my healing health journey, Fear is probably at the root of most of the struggles that I Mm -hmm. have dealt with. And also like my clients that I work with, like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's the same for you, but I wrote down some of the fears that a lot of people have on this health healing journey with the autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. One fear of change, right? Mm -hmm. Fearing of the unknown. What happens when I change my diet and lifestyle? What happens when I change my mindset? Like who am I stepping into fear of symptoms? 
fear of disease progression, fear of medication, fear of people's perceptions and opinions of us as we change uh, our lifestyle and mindset and grow away from other people or grow apart from other people, Mm -hmm. fear of failure, fear of, hey, I'm not going to do this healing journey properly and I may end up worse. There is a big fear that people have of that. And then uh, fear of judgment, fear of moving on, letting go, hurting people's people's opinions, especially even doctors, right? Like your rheumatologist, mm-hmm. like you need to be on this. And you're like, you, you're scared. You're going to like offend them. And then fear of limit setting limitations for yourself and boundaries. And honestly, there is also could be a fear of healing. Yes. People get so stuck and feeling sick and that's mm-hmm. all that they know. And that becomes their comfort level, whether they like it or not the pain that they experience daily, the emotions that they go through, you know, that, that can feel scary for someone to be like, I don't even know what a healthy person looks like. And that can be a fear itself. Yeah, definitely. Something that comes up for me is the fact that fear oftentimes comes along with so many other like lower vibrational feelings and thoughts. So something that just came up was there was times in my journey and there still are times in my journey that I am almost like, I forget that like I have RA in certain moments of life, or I feel guilty for like not having it as bad as other people or things like that. And it's funny because again, they come along and part of me is like, oh my God, like, should I be feeling worse? And then I start feeling the fear of, like you said, the opposite of like, am I actually healing? Which is Mm -hmm. so backwards. And again, it keeps you stuck in that mentality. And so we're going to give you all sorts of like strategies and thoughts to address and all sorts of things that will help you to address fear on your journey. Because I think that it's really, really important to learn how to move through it because our thoughts, we're never going to be able to completely stop them but we are going to, we are able to kind of reframe them. And like, once they happen, we can have the awareness that they're happening and then move forward. But unfortunately the way the human brain is wired, like 90% of the thoughts that are going through our head are negative because of evolution, because our brain is always trying to protect us. Right. Which is actually usually a really good thing. But when it comes to things like this, again, it can leave you feeling stuck. Um, And then I also want to bring up like other fear scenarios that are like even more basic than kind of these deeper thoughts, like fear of judgment and stuff like that. Simple things like eating certain foods or Mm -hmm. trying a different treatment or, you know, am I, do I want to go on medications? Do I want to try a different holistic treatment? Um, finding a new doctor, different types of movement practices. Like I know, um, Erica, you just started lifting more and you're like, okay, I'm being really careful. Like I'm listening Mm -hmm. to my body, but like, there's probably still is that tiny element of fear. Whereas like, same thing with me. Um, like today I went to yoga this morning and my joints were not having it. Like they were just not feeling great today. And I was like getting this fear of like, oh my God, am am I about to go into this like huge flare up, right? There's always going to be fears that come up, but again, it's the, it's a matter of how we address those thoughts that come up. Mm -hmm. No, that's totally true. And last night at the gym, I had posted uh, some stories on my Instagram and I was, I realized in that moment that when I was lifting the weights, that there was a deeper fear in me that, oh my gosh, what if I flare myself up? What if I'm going too hard? But then there is the reality check of like, wait a second, Erica, like you have minimal, if any, 
inflammation right now in your body. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've pretty much kind of been in remission since the last six months. I've Mm -hmm. very rarely experienced any type of flare up. And so it's hard to shift into a fully healthy perspective because again, on the other episode, I talked a lot about, I've been in such a healing mindset for Mm -hmm. so long. And now that I've actually arrived here with the help of the medication and my new diet changes and, you know, all this stuff that we talk about, it's hard to comprehend that you have arrived there. So when I'm lifting these weights, I, my body and my mind kind of goes back to when I was feeling weak, when mm-hmm. I was feeling inflamed, when I was not confident in my skills. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, wait a second, like I am strong. Like mm-hmm. I, I've been climbing for the last like almost three years now. Uh, I've been going to the gym consistently more than three times a, the regular gym, more than three times a week in the last three months. So I've gained a lot of strength there, but my husband was the one that was like pushing me to do a little bit more and to put a little bit more weights on. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you're limiting yourself. He's like, you are underestimating how strong you are and how healthy you are Mm -hmm. at this moment. And it really did get to me. And I was like, okay. And so I pushed a little bit harder and I recognized like, it wasn't just me trying to prove anything to my husband. I was like, actually, I do feel capable mm-hmm. of doing this and I am letting fear override in this moment. And that is going to prevent me from reaching my health goals. Yeah, of course. That goes right along with another thing that I wrote down, which is like a few questions for anyone listening here. Um, so number one, what is it that you're afraid of? Like think of anything in your life right now on your journey, whatever that you are afraid of, and then see if you can address why am I afraid of that thing? What about that thing scares me? Is it fear of failure? Is it fear of success? Is it something else? Fear of judgment. And then what goes along with the Erica was just saying, ask yourself, is this a rational fear or is this an irrational fear? And that's not a rhetorical question. Like genuinely ask yourself because sometimes these fears are real, right? A lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially on your autoimmune journey. Yes, it is a real fear that, you know, I could be scared that I'm going to flare up after this yoga session, right? Mm -hmm. But if it's a rational fear, then take time to explore that fear. Take the time to really think into it. Make yourself vulnerable so that you can like learn through it and grow through it. Something that I always like to suggest to um, my one-on-one clients is, thinking through a scenario completely like, okay, what if the absolute worst case scenario did happen? Then what? And think yourself through it because then God forbid the absolute worst case scenario happens, which 99% of the time does not. Then you already have that element of the unknown checked off your list because you've already thought through it and you have an idea of what could happen and what the outcome would be. And then eventually through that self um, introspection, you can allow that fear to kind of like you know, disappear. And then if it's an irrational fear, if you're like, okay, actually that's a fear that like 99% will not happen, then identify it, be like, all right, I see you. And then make a decision to let go of it because that irrationality is what's going to hold you back from like the reality of what's going on around you and the reality of the scenario in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And you have a good point. Like there's healthy fear, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like you're in a scary, dark alley and there's a fear of like, oh my God, what's around the corner? You're walking Mm -hmm. by yourself. Like that is the nature of humans is to 
keep us from getting eaten, from getting killed. Like there are certain fears that are all obviously healthy. So you have to have that. But then there's that, like what Rachel said, like almost like illogical fear where mm. it's just this fabricated event in your yes. head, which is most of what all of us experience is this very fabricated version of what we think is to come. And in reality, that's just, okay, when I think of fear, it really comes down to controlling and predicting something. Mm. So with autoimmune diseases, people get into the fear mode because they no longer feel like they can control their symptoms and they no longer feel like they can predict their future outcome. So mm. that fear is running 24 seven on an unconscious level. Like Rachel said, like 95% of how we're operating today is how we operated yesterday. And most of that is unconscious. So unless you dig deep into what's actually going on in my mind, what's actually going on in the narrative that I've created with the autoimmune disease, you could be living in fear most of your day. And it, like Rachel said, it could be fear of, oh my God, if I eat this food, is it going to flare me up? If I try this new medication, am I going to have a huge uh, reaction to it? Mm. If I push it a little bit in the gym, am I going to not be able to walk the next mm -hmm. few days? Like a lot of that is unconscious. So the first step to even changing any of this is to become conscious of that unconscious narrative that you have. Yeah, exactly. You have to have like a certain amount of awareness of the thoughts going through your mind in order to change anything. And Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about this. Like mm -hmm. you are not going to be able to change anything unless you have awareness that it's happening. Right. Yeah. And so you have to realize that these thoughts that are coming through your mind are just thoughts, right? And negative thoughts are going to happen. We can't really stop them. What we can do is recognize yep. them and try to possibly reframe. If nothing else, we recognize them and we move on to a thought that feels a little bit better and more um, healing to our entire being. And we want ha also have to realize that the thoughts that are coming through those fears, the doubts, the guilt, the shame, whatever else is coming along with the fear. Because again, a lot of times it's not just fear that comes through. Um, it's really important for us to realize that those aren't going to allow us to grow. Those thoughts aren't going to allow us to genuinely heal. And they're actually distracting you from the reality of what is and the potential that is there. And to go along with what you just said, Erica, about like the fear is like keeping you held back. Like you're constantly mentally in this fight or flight, right? Yes. Your sympathetic nervous system is like constantly firing, firing, firing. If we're not addressing mm -hmm. those thoughts that are coming through, if we're just literally stuck in these fear thought patterns, then your brain's literally working overtime, just trying to like keep up with those thoughts rather than allowing mm -hmm. yourself that moment to like be in your body, like breathe, like find any sort of calming practices that work for you and allow yourself to distract yourself just a little bit from those thoughts until they can kind of like float away in a pretty little package far, far away. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I'm thinking when you're saying that is like fear to me is the opposite of being present, right? Mm, because yes. fear is usually a result of past experiences, right? So your past experiences have created that feeling or that thought of fear in you. And then you continue to perpetuate that. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to fear, also 
fearing the future. So it's like you're fearing the future based off of your past experiences, which leaves you no room for the present moment. And honestly, I have a lot of clients that are juicing, quote unquote, eating the perfect diet, exercising, da 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 da. And then we go deeper into their narrative and their limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is fear-based. I have to eat this way because, oh my God, if I eat something else, I'm going to flare up. I have to make my green juice every morning because, oh my God, if I don't do that, it's going to screw up my whole routine and then I'm going to be sick. So it's a constant, like it's based fear-based. That's really yes. what it is. Yes. And Okay, so I like to think of this as like you're literally putting yourself on a never-ending roller coaster. Like, yeah, you might find some high highs if you're like, quote unquote, eating the perfect diet, but then you're going to find some really freaking low lows where you're just like having all of these negative lower vibrations coming through. My question for you is what feels better, fighting it or surrendering to it, right? If you fight it, if you fight these like fears and all these other vibrations that are coming through, you're actually making the fear stronger because you're putting so much energy into it, like both mentally and sometimes physically and spiritually and emotionally and all the things you're literally feeding, you're, you're feeding the monster, right? Mm -hmm. If we choose to surrender, if we choose to take a step back, then we are allowing that fear to kind of dissipate and not giving it as much power. Um, I think that it's important to stop and to recognize the thought and then to recognize that that is distracting you from the bigger picture of actually genuinely healing. And then you're going to realize just how much unhappiness that that narrative of like, I have to do these things or else Mm -hmm. is creating in your life. Yeah. And you can't create something new by thinking and feeling the same way as you did the day before. Like it, you have to become aware of like, how am I thinking? How am I feeling on a regular basis? How can I become the healthiest version of myself when everything I'm doing is rooted in resentment or fear or anger? Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this on previous episodes of like recognizing when you're doing things from a place of love and gratitude for your body versus resentment, anger, and fear, because those are two very different places. Like Rachel said, like, from a vibrational, you know, perspective, from a physiological perspective, think about it. When you're in fear, you're in that fight or flight. Like Rachel said, you're in that survival mode. Your body doesn't have the resources to heal you when it's trying to keep you alive from Mm -hmm. some perceived threat, whether it's literally the same words just came through my brain. (laughs) Yes. Cause we listen to the same stuff. I'm sure (laughs) that's why I love having conversations with you because we're both literally both of us said before we started this episode, we're like, let's put a finger up if we want to (laughs) like add to it, because I know that Rachel is passionate about this and I'm passionate about this. And I know a lot of the work that we do with our clients is rooted Mm -hmm. in uh, becoming conscious of fear-based perspectives or narratives and limiting beliefs. And so we're both like, oh my God, there's just so much to cover about fear. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Seriously, so much. So going along with what you just said about like the um, sympathetic nervous system, like constantly firing, 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 firing. Um, I want to raise a point here about like the chakra system, right? So the chakra system, whether or not you're spiritual, whatever, it's literally just energy centers throughout your body. Right. And the root chakra is 
blocked when you are full of fear or like all sorts of forms of like trauma that might be fueling that fear. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to all sorts of mental disorders, uh, physical ailments, of feeling just disconnected, feeling, you know, uh, really emotional, feeling um, rage, feeling all sorts of like things, overthinking everything, anxieties. And Mm -hmm just generally feeling ungrounded. Right. And the root chakra, think of it. Um, as some people here might be familiar of like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You think of that bottom layer is like food, shelter, water. Right. Mm -hmm. And literally like, we just need to feel that safety. And when we are allowing ourselves, uh, yes, allowing ourselves to constantly operate from that place of fear, we are basically yanking out that bottom row from ourselves. We're yanking out that root chakra and we're saying, eh, not that important. I don't need to address that. There's these other things that I need to address. All right, show of hands. How many of you have had to get up in the middle of the night just to warm a heating pad because you're so uncomfortable? Okay, if you're putting your hand up in like a grocery store or in the car, you can put it down. But many of us in the autoimmune world are best friends with heating packs. We're here to tell you that it's time to ditch them because we have something even better for you. Our new favorite pain relieving product is not like any other heating products that either of us have ever tried. Thermotex offers a variety of infrared heating products. They're really high quality, effective, and convenient. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is flip on the switch, let it heat up, and instantly enjoy the healing benefits. We all know that feeling of waking up with new aches and pains that can show up in different parts of our bodies. So Thermotex offers many different types of heating products, including one specifically designed for your knee, your wrist, your elbow, your foot, your neck, and the all-purpose pad, which is more versatile. I love keeping it by my bed or desk when I have a long work day. My lower back is usually my main problem area. Because they incorporate infrared technology, the energy is absorbed six centimeters into your body. Traditional heating packs only penetrate about a quarter of a centimeter. The other cool part about this technology is that it isn't insanely hot to the touch, so you don't have to worry about burning yourself or having to reheat it frequently. I personally love using my Thermotex heating pad at the end of the day while I unwind from a full day of podcasting and coaching clients. You need to give this a try. There's literally no risk to you. They have a 30-day guarantee that it'll temporarily help your pain or your money back. And then they also have a one-year warranty on your product. Thermotex is currently offering our listeners a 10% discount on any personal product with our special code AUTOIMMUNEANDYOU, all one word. And as always, that link is in the show notes. We literally use our heating pads every single day, and we can't wait for you guys to start using this as part of your healing regimen. And there definitely could be, you know, an argument for, well, food, you know, is one of the basic needs. And that's one of the things I'm scared of. Yes. But also there's a way, like we've talked about on plenty of our episodes to approach food, not from a place of fear, but from a place Mm -hmm. of like excitement. Right. So curiosity. Yeah, exactly. And so Another point that I want to bring up here is I feel like a lot of people, um, probably maybe even just from listening to our podcast have started using like affirmations. Right. And -hmm. that's something that I've used from the very first day, even before I was diagnosed from my very first flare up. I, um, I've said this on other episodes, but I, there was three affirmations that I always literally to this day, write down. I am happy. I am healthy. I am loved. Right. These are again, basic ass needs that like we need to feel in order to feel grounded in order to feel like grounded in ourselves and our environment. And there are a million, obviously, affirmations out there that you could say, but my question for you is the affirmations that you're using on a daily basis, or maybe here and there to like ground yourself, 
are they coming from a place of actual genuine excitement and wonder for your life? Or are they coming from a place of fear? Because Mm -hmm. I've found in my life, like probably a lot of people out there, there's plenty of times in my life that like finances have been really tight and really, really fucking scary. Right. And we all, like, I think everyone can agree that financial stress is the absolute worst type of stress out there. Like some nothing. And one of the things that I used to tell myself over and over and over, right. Is, um, money comes to me all the time. Right. But then I started realizing, wait, this doesn't seem to be working. I don't seem to really be fully believing this. And I realized that it was because I was operating from this place of fear that there was not enough money coming to me at a time. And so then once I learned to adjust that affirmation just a little bit and adjust my beliefs about money, adjust my beliefs about myself just a little bit, I am now able to create affirmations and create beliefs in myself um, and around my life that are operating from a place of excitement and operating from a place of abundance, of trusting that, yes, this thing is possible. So it's important to recognize, are these thoughts, are these affirmations, are these um, feelings coming from a place of fear or is it coming from excitement? And maybe it's a little bit of both, but that allows you an opportunity to be like, okay, well, I'm feeling both, but I kind of want to leave more to this side of excitement. And then you can start to work in things into your routine or into like your day that allow you to harness that excitement more than the fear. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like fear can keep you immobilized, right? It can prevent you from taking action. Mm -hmm. So instead of in your head, you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to have finances. Like, how is this going to work out? Like, I'm not going to have enough money. Like really all that is doing is keeping you stagnant. Mm -hmm. It's keeping you immobilized and it's preventing you from tuning into how can I be proactive about this? What are the steps that I can take? When you're living in that fear, you're just staying there. You're just increasing, Mm -hmm. you know, cortisol and adrenaline. And you're just like, "Ah, I'm scared. Like what's going to happen? How Mm -hmm. am I going to pay for things? Instead of taking a step back and asking yourself, how is this fear going to be conducive to helping me move mm-hmm. forward? Because most of the time, it's not. In a in a healthy case, right, when you have fear and you're in a dark alley and you see some stranger coming towards you, like you're going to run and that's going to, you know, that's going to be helpful to you. But in our everyday life, when it comes to finances, when it comes to our health, when it comes to all of these things, most of the time people just stay stuck in that Mm -hmm. fear and they don't go and do anything with it except continue to sit in those feelings that come with the fear and they don't do anything. Yeah. So I feel like it's really, really important. Like you have, I think I said this in one of my stories the other day, but like you have to address your mindset and you have to address the fear because you are less likely to accomplish the goals that you have in your life. Like I just, was starting to work on my 2023 goals. And a lot of that was finances. It was business stuff. It was fitness goals. It was self-improvement. It was all those things. So I could either look at this list and go, oh my gosh, this feels scary. This feels unrealistic. Or look at it as it turned that fear into an excitement. Like you asked at the beginning of this episode, do you really work past fear? Mm -hmm. Or do you learn to work through the fear. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really critical because looking at my goals, I'm like, okay, there is still some fear here of like, what if I fail? What if I don't make that? Like, 
I'm turning 35 and I thought I would be freaking making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I thought I'd be this, this and that. Mm -hmm. And that can turn into fear for a lot of people when they hurt hit certain ages, right? Even with like, oh my God, I should have kids. I should be married. I should do this. Da, da, da. And then you just stay in that fear instead of going, okay, you know what? How what's my plan of action? How can I execute mm-hmm. this? How can I get myself closer to these goals and stay in the excitement of it and not live in the fear? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and a little tip for when you're setting those goals is to address as you're doing it okay, does this specific goal feel really exciting or does it like, what is that intuitive feeling, right? We talk about this all the Mm -hmm. time on the podcast. You always got to go with intuition. You always got to go with your intention. What is the initial reaction? If I write down, I want to lose 10 pounds. What is my initial reaction, right? Honestly, my personal initial reaction is why do I need to do that? Or that seems impossible, right? Making sure that the intention behind your goal is there. So not only are we coming up with a why behind every single goal, I think this is a really good thing to address as we're, you know, getting closer and closer to the new year, but also is this going to make my life better in some way? Or am I doing it from that place of judgment or fear of judgment? from that place of fear of failure, from that place of fear of success, like address these goals as you're writing them down or thinking about them so that you can really understand where it's coming from. And sometimes there are times that we set a goal and we actually realize later on that the second we look at that goal on the piece of paper, it doesn't make us excited. It actually makes us fearful or shameful or whatever. Ditch that shit. Like, don't be afraid to switch it up. Like, it's never too late to change what it is that you're doing. You can change what it is that you're doing literally anytime you want. We say it all the time. You can do whatever the fuck you want on this journey, right? You need to make sure that what you're doing, <laughs> Erica's laughing at me. <laughs> She's like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. Um, We just want you to make sure that like you are setting goals for yourself, that you are creating opportunities for yourself that are allowing you to heal not only on a physical level, but also on a spiritual, emotional, mental level. And you're going to create opportunities for yourself that you honestly probably never even knew you could. Like we set goals for ourselves with this podcast, right? We set goals for ourselves in our um, own businesses. We set goals for ourselves with our physical health, with our mental health. And we hit them time after time after time because we're not coming at it from a place of fear of, oh my God, what if we don't do it? We're like, again, not overcoming. We're not going to overcome the fear. We're going, all right, well, we might not make it. Okay. We'll just laugh about it. We'll just move through it anyway. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And I'm thinking about like on episode 59, I talked about stepping away from Instagram and then wanting to start my YouTube channel. A lot of what was preventing me from doing that maybe even sooner was the fear of like, oh my gosh, if I step away from Instagram, then people are going to forget about me. People are going to forget all the hard work and all the Mm. energy I've invested into this account for the last six years. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, people, whatever, anything that can come with that. Mm -hmm. A lot of why I didn't make that sooner was because of that fear. And then I realized like, Erica, like, you need to step into the excitement of learning to do something different, which was Mm -hmm. YouTube learning. And there was also the fear of like, can I edit videos? Like you guys, most of the, if not all of it, (laughs) the 
editing that we do for our podcast, Rachel does it. And because in the beginning, she picked up, she picked up on it very quick. So it was easy for her to quickly do it. If I thought of myself trying to edit in the beginning, like we would have been taking like five hours to probably edit. Um, but now that I've gained the skills through learning to do this for YouTube, I'm like, oh my God, I feel way confident. Like I, I can now edit a mm-hmm. freaking podcast episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm with her. Like we go through the whole editing process. Yeah, together, I know. I was just going to say that one. too. I'm like, like, you're still there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm still I just there. Do the and clicking. we're still there. <laughs> We're, we're, we're still deciding and editing and making choices together, but there was that fear going into YouTube that like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be successful or it's going to come out stupid or da, 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 da. And then I was like, Erica, you're doing this for fun. You're doing this Mm -hmm. because you want to evolve and you want to be creative and you want to share in a new way. And now that excitement has totally overrided any fear that I have. And I'm having so much fun editing these videos. I don't feel that way about Instagram. I'm like, you know what? Like my presence is still going to be there to some capacity. Like we have our autoimmune and you Instagram account. Like I'm still going to be sharing, you know, in my stories and posting here and there. So it's like, I'm not going to be completely gone, you know? Mm. Um, but anyways, I had to shift that into that excitement. And now I'm just like so stoked on what I'm doing. So excited to have this new way of sharing and just expanding myself in a way that I didn't think was possible for myself. Mm. And actually I'm like, Erica, like you're actually good at this. Like I did not think that was, I, that would come out of my mouth. Like Mm -hmm. just based off of our, our friends, like review of like the first uh, video that I put up on YouTube, they're like, oh my God, that was so funny. And that's just like my first one, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, I can only imagine what is possible if I keep going at it, but you have to keep going at it. You cannot Mm -hmm. let the fear override that. One of the biggest things that I took from Dr. Joe Dispenza is that the same thoughts create the same choices and the same choices create the same behaviors and the same behaviors create the same experiences and the same experiences create the same emotions. So you get stuck in that pattern. The only way to move past that and become the best version of yourself or whatever version that you've hopefully visualized for your life is to one, choose to think differently about what you're doing. And then to two, step into it as if you are already that, right? So like in my brain, I could be like, oh my God, I'm not a good at editing. I'm not, I'm not going to make good YouTube videos. Instead, I was like, I'm just going to get in the mindset of like, I create videos. That's what I do. And that has helped me just kind of like move past that. And then like, actually, yeah, I am good at this. Actually, it's not that hard. Actually, I am capable. But fear really, really, really is going to keep you stagnant. And if I would have not worked past those limiting beliefs that I have, the fear of moving on to a different social media platform, I wouldn't be as happy and satisfied as I am right now in this moment. Amen. I just want to like hands up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Something I want you to take away from that is we go through this too. And we go through this just as much as you do, right? Just because we're actually doing the things doesn't mean that we don't have fears. Like I have people all the time, friends, family, people on social media, like people literally that I've worked with that are like, oh my God, you're doing all these things. Or like, how do you just tackle things or saying that they really look up to that? And I'm like, 
I'm no different than you. The only difference is that I make a decision and I just fucking go for it. And honestly, I allow my intuition to guide almost every single decision. Now, obviously we have to have that rational thought come through as well. Like we have to take action behind things. I'm not just like, I'm going to go like, you know, get a, I don't even know, like whatever. Um, but here's the thing to know about fear. If you don't ever take the chance, you're not ever going to know. Right. And that's why Erica and I make the decisions in our lives, in our healing journeys that we do, because we're like, I want to know, I don't want to sit here and be wondering what the outcome could be when the outcome could be so much more beautiful than I could even imagine. So -hmm. like, you have to actually do the things you have to take action to do the things that scare you in order to grow and to move forward. Right. You have to decide this is the version of myself that I want to become. And I'm going to take the action steps to get there. Like when I was first diagnosed, I could have very well just like stayed in bed and not cared to do anything and just taken the medication and been like, yep. Okay. This is going to be my life. But instead I was like, look, one of the things that I miss more than anything, the thing that I kept journaling about, the thing that I kept, that kept coming up when I was doing all of that, like self discovery while I was on bed rest. And while I was in physical therapy and all the healing process for a couple of months after I was first diagnosed, the things that kept coming up were being outdoors and movement. I loved working out and I loved hiking more than anything. And those were two of the things that just got me through because I had this goal in mind. Now, again, that goal, to me felt doable and it felt scary, but it also felt more exciting than anything. Right. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to face this fear. I didn't go on my first hike after my diagnosis for like, I think three and a half months. And it was a super mild hike. Like I did what I could and I was flared up for two days after, but I did it. Right. And I was so freaking proud. I gave myself that opportunity to feel proud, to feel brave, to feel courageous. And I wouldn't have known what that felt like. And I wouldn't have known that, oh my God, if I can do this three months later, what can I do in five years? Right. And now like Erica and I have these like beautiful lives that we've created for ourselves. And I mean, I could go on forever about all of these fears that I've moved through in life from even like after diagnosis to moving to multiple different apartments in LA to getting divorced, to packing up my car and driving up to Portland by myself with just my dog and my car full of belongings. And that was it to, um, starting my job at orange theory, to quitting my job at orange theory, to moving to Seattle, to now taking a big trip in literally 10 days for a month, um, overseas and all sorts of different things that come up that I'm like, I'm not different. I literally am just making decisions. And we have to remember that the limiting beliefs that come up, these things that happen are just lies that we like to tell ourselves. Honestly, like at the core of it, it's like, we're just, we're allowing that fight or flight to kick in and be like, no, no, it's scary. Don't do that. And we're like, oh, okay. I'll stay back here. Right. Do the thing that scares you because no matter what is going to contribute to your growth as a human on this planet, and it's going to improve your life. And who knows, you could be inspiring and you probably will be inspiring whether they tell you or not. So many other people in your life that are seeing what you're doing for yourself. We're passionate. Um, so you basically have two options to fear the unknown or embrace the unknown. Mm, And I feel like a lot of what we do is really embrace the unknown because we know at the other end of it, there's more opportunities, synchronicities, like all these beautiful things that have come out of this. And I'm just like, since it's the end of the year and I'm just kind of like reflecting, you know, getting on medications. I was not on medications 
for the first five and a half years of my diagnosis. I was a hundred percent holistic. I didn't even like taking anti-inflammatories, you know, NSAIDs. I never, I, I was always like, just let myself torture myself because of the fear to one of them is having more leaky gut, you know, oh my God, if I take an leave, I'm going to have more leaky gut. So I let myself suffer. And so when it finally came down to making the choice to get on medication, I realized that my fear had completely dissipated because I was so willing and so excited to embrace the unknown of what could happen if I did have a medication in my system. And guess what that freaking got me? Mm. I'm lifting weights. I'm, I'm, I'm climbing two times a week. I'm in the regular gym three times a week. I'm going out into nature at least once a week on the weekend. I have so much physical activity in my life. I feel the best that I ever have in the entire process of me being on this journey. And it was because I stopped looking at the medication as something to fear instead of embracing it as something that could potentially help me live the life that I've been working so hard to get towards. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm here, but if I would have stayed in the fear, like a lot of people do with medication, I, it would, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And so I'm so thankful that I set aside the fear and said, you know what, the curiosity of what is the potential is for me once I get medication in my system is way greater than the fear that I'm living in trying to resist the medication. Mm -hmm. So one with the medication, two, I made a drastic diet change. You guys know I was five years fully vegan, never had one animal-based thing. And then I, you know, my body was changing instead of allowing myself to stay in the fear of people's perceptions of me if I change my diet, because so many people saw me as a vegan. And I obviously talked very openly about like being vegan and I loved it and it did help me and I still believe in it, but it's not in alignment with what my body needs at this moment in my life. Like I'm turning 35, I'm way more active. My body requires different things. And so instead of staying in the fear. I embrace the diet changes. And guess what? I have recognized so many food triggers that I was allowing myself to eat because I was just staying in that box of plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. Like the, the soy, the nuts, the spinach, the, all these other things that I've talked about, like just taking those out have drastically helped me. So I'm very happy about that. And then The other thing is obviously the social media thing that I talked about. And then now this new workout routine, guys, I used to tell myself that the regular gym was the most idiotic, superficial, shallow thing on the planet. (laughs) I know that sounds terrible to people that work out, but like, that was my perception of it. I thought, oh my God, these people are shallow. All they care about is their body. And the, for the first time in my life, I'm like, guys, I want to build an ass. That is my goal. Like, I want to see mm-hmm. out of curiosity what my body could look like if I addressed my workout in a specific way other than just climbing. So I have worked past a lot of fear this year and a lot of stuff regarding like pregnancy too, mm-hmm. which I hope to have a full episode on because I'm coming to a different perspective about pregnancy and what I want to do with my life. And 
all that is fear-based, fear-based mm-hmm. of society, from my family, expectations, and like working past that going, are these actually my goals? Are these society goals? And I, you know, and a lot of that is fear, fear, like, oh my God, what if I don't have a baby? Like, what am I going to miss out on? I'm going to talk more in depth about that, but I'm just saying like Rachel and I, through knowing her just off of the podcast and like her knowing me, like we are working past fears together. Like we Mm -hmm. don't have everything absolutely figured out, but I'll tell you what, we do have the proper mindset Mm -hmm. because we created this podcast. We created the first women's auto retreat. We're stepping into like new business endeavors. Like we're Mm -hmm. doing all this and we know that it, we can't control it. We can't predict it. We don't know what it's going to look like, but because our heart is in it, we're like, we need to set that aside and lean into what we're doing with love and passion and see where it leads us because we know it's going to lead us in the right places. Yeah. Woo. Yes. Oh God. We could literally just talk forever and ever and ever about this. I want to remind you that we all worry about the outcome of things. We all are always going to have doubts when the element of the unknown is there, right? It's just human nature. But remember that when you worry, this is one of my favorite quotes. I forget where I heard it, but when you worry, you're betting against yourself. It's like such a simple phrase, but it's so Mm -hmm. true. When you worry, you are literally saying, yeah, I think this is probably not going to work out for me, right? Worst case scenario mentality. Yeah, and you're just like getting stuck in that rather than wonder. Maybe we choose wonder over worry and we say, hmm, what could actually positively come out of this rather than focusing on the negatives that could come out of it? So are you choosing a fear-based mindset or are you choosing a growth-based mindset? Because if you choose that fear-based mindset and you choose not to show up, who is it that you're hurting? Cause you're not hurting anyone else that you think might be judging you or any of that. You're not hurting them. They don't give a shit. You are only hurting yourself. You're only holding yourself back from your true potential, your true abilities, your true, um, feeling of success, feeling of pride, of bravery, of courage, of strength, of resilience, of all of these like amazing high vibrational feelings that you could be feeling even just tomorrow by stepping through into your fear. So ending this episode, we kind of want to give you some tangible ways to navigate through fear, maybe not completely overcome it, but just kind of navigate the feelings of fear. So one of the biggest things that has been helpful to me is mental rehearsal and visualization. So when I was going through one of the worst flare-ups I had in this entire journey, I was so sick in so much pain, so inflamed. My CRP was high, my ESR, like I could barely get myself out of bed. I could barely wash my own hair, wash my own body. One of the things that I would do was go into my sauna. I would do a guided visualization, just one that I found on YouTube that I found really beneficial. And also a couple of Dr. Joe Dispenza's guided healing meditations. I would visualize, I would do breath work and do my visualization of myself rock climbing. That was all I had in on repeat in my head. And it was the same exact situation over and over and over and over and over. I did that. I'm not kidding you for at least 
five to six months consecutively, probably four to five times a week, Mm -hmm. because I was that determined to not allow myself to accept that that was going to be my permanent reality. Mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to be the creator of my life and not the victim. And I'm going to sit here and sit in these meditations until I actually feel that these changes are happening. Yes. So one of the biggest practices with visualization is not, it's not enough to just think about it. You have to feel the Mm -hmm. emotions of what that would feel like once you've arrived there. So I had plenty of times where I would be in my sauna, doing my breathing, listening to the guided meditation. And I would would be bawling my eyes out because I felt so excited that I had arrived at my healthier state of being. Like mm-hmm. I was feeling happier. I was thinking happier. I was physically able to rock climb. And there is this, and I tell this a lot to my clients and I may have mentioned it on this podcast before, but I envisioned myself in the rock climbing gym climbing this specific climb is very easy just to V zero for reference. Like V zero is the easiest climb you can climb at a gym. And I kept visualizing myself on this like neon yellow climb. And I kept going through that every single time I sat down to meditate flash forward to like almost a year later, I finally got to get back to the gym because I worked with a naturopathic doctor. I was doing my meditation. I was doing literally everything I could to get out of this flare. And the first time I go to the gym, I get down from a climb and it was like deja vu. It was the most insane feeling. Like I've had deja vu before, but this was deja vu because in this visualization, I thought about who was I going to be around? What was I wearing? Mm -hmm. What was the temperature in the gym? Like you need to get down to Mm -hmm. the specifics of it. And so when I came down from this climb, I had this, like, I almost got like emotional. And I told my husband, I was like, this is weird. And then it clicked in my head that, oh my God, this is exactly what I've been visualizing for Mm -hmm. the last six months doing my meditation. And that was the biggest proof in the pudding that visualization absolutely can change your life. And that that's just one, that's just one instance. I've had multiple things. Oh yeah. But it was so confirmative of how powerful that is and how important it is to allow yourself to embrace the emotions of healing before you arrive there. We've mm-hmm. talked about this on previous episodes, but you don't have to wait to feel excited and happy and yes. empowered. Like you can step into that now in this moment, even if your physical body is not exactly where it's at. So the point I'm getting at is instead of allowing myself to feed into the fear of like, this is it, you know, I'm going to be disabled now. My doctor said in 10 years, like, mm-hmm. here it goes. Like, instead of feeding into that, I was like, no, I'm going to invest my energy into embracing the possible potential of the unknown, which is my future. And mm-hmm. instead of feeding into it in worst case scenario, I'm going to feed into it into the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that is why I am here today. Like, because that flare was so bad. My inflammatory markers were so high that it was very, very scary. And so mm-hmm. the fact that I'm living the life that I have now is just proof that all of this is very important. Like your fear and feeding into it 
the worst case scenario is going to be the most detrimental thing you can do on this healing journey. Oh, absolutely. So the beginning of visualization practices for me actually happened like back when I started, um, having issues with my ex-husband and I was like, okay, what are some things that I can hold on to that will make me feel a little bit better, right? That will take me out of these lower vibrations. And I started visualizing. Um, and it's so funny that this always happens with apartments for me, for some reason, like places that I'm going to be living. Um, but the first one happened when I was feeling really stressed because we had to be out of our apartment in a month. And in LA, you really can't look for an apartment prior to a month before, because even a month before is like a long time in LA time. Oh yeah. Um, you have to look like a couple of weeks before. And I was freaking out cause I'm not used to that. Right. Cause I came from the Midwest where you sign on an apartment like months and months before. And so anyway, um, we had to be out really soon. And I was like, oh my God, where are we going to live? Like I had an ideal, um, location, but I was like, I don't know how we're going to afford it. All this stuff, all these beliefs, all these fears of like, where are we going to live? Like we didn't really have like family or like friends that we could live with there. If like, you know, we were houseless, like we basically would have been like in a hotel or an Airbnb and figuring it out. And so anyway, all these things were swirling through my mind and I had just started like diving a little bit more into spirituality. This was about like probably four and a half years ago. And, um, I just started visualizing. I started learning a lot more about it. I started visualizing what would my dream apartment look like? Where would I want to be? And this was making me feel better because in my mind, I was still in that mentality of like, okay, well maybe if we're in a better space, maybe we're, if we're in a better location, like our marriage won't have as many issues. Well, (laughs) plot twist, um, spoiler alert, not true. But anyway, um, I stepped foot into this apartment that I signed on without even seeing it. My husband had gone, my ex-husband had gone to look at it and I hadn't even seen it. I signed on the lease. When I stepped into that apartment, once I got the keys, I was shook. I was like, this is what I've been seeing. And I was like, what? Like I couldn't even wrap my mind around it because again, I was very new at this. And then again, fast forward, we're in that apartment and going through like actual divorce stuff. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to be living from this point. I went right back to the same visualization practices that I had at that point. This was like two years later. I had really strengthened at that point. And I started visualizing, okay, where am I going to be living? Cause I'm not going to be living with him. And that obviously again, is a basic need that we, it's very easy to fear and be scared of. And I literally visualized the apartment that I got in Portland. Like it was crazy. I literally visualized myself dancing on the like center. What is that thing called? An island. I pictured myself dancing on a kitchen island, like literally standing on top of it, dancing in this huge kitchen island. No joke. Somehow that apartment just like fell into my lap. It just aligned. And all this to say, maybe it's not an apartment for you. Maybe it's, you know, a million different areas of your life, but It is so freaking powerful. And exactly what Erica said, nothing really shifts until you learn to connect to the feeling of having that thing. How is that going to strengthen your life? How is this going to allow you to operate as an even more authentic version of yourself? How is this going to allow you to adapt into a brand new version of yourself? Um, And another thing that I want to say that is just so, so, so essential with a visualization practice is a also writing it down, not just thinking about it, but also writing it down so that not only in your mind's eye, you can see it, but with your actual eyeballs, you can see it in front of you, maybe doodling, maybe drawing, maybe writing, maybe just words or phrases or sentences or however you want to do it. 
get it out of your brain and onto something in front of you, even if it's just typing it up, but also you have to find the discipline with it. Discipline is the biggest thing. So when I was doing these visualizations, no joke, I did it every single night, whether I wanted to or not. I would lie down on my back. I would bring my, like lie on my back, arms and legs extended, um, palms up towards the ceiling to receive good energy from the universe. And I would lay there and visualize for at least five minutes while I listened to music or meditation or something. And I, I'm not kidding you. I never missed a night during that time, especially during like the second time during divorce when I was like, I don't know what the F I'm doing with my life. I just want to know that I have like safety and like a, a home lockdown. Um, Every single night, minimum of five minutes, sometimes as long as 30, I would visualize this and be like, okay, what is my life going to look like? What am I going to feel like? Cause right now I feel like shit. I feel scared. I feel nervous. I feel let down. I feel heartbroken. All of these things were flowing through. And I'm like, okay, it almost, I almost saw it as like an escape into like the future. Right. Because a lot of times when we're visualizing things or when we're going into like things like that, um, in meditation, our brain doesn't necessarily know the difference between that and what you're actually experiencing. So you can kind of more or less trick your brain into like, this thing is a real thing that's happening. And it can feel so freaking good when you truly believe it. And even to this day, like almost every single day, I still do these visualizations of different things in my life. And it really, I get excited for it. I literally get so excited. It's not a daunting thing to like get into this meditative state. I get excited to kind of like escape for a second, right? And you can get as woo-woo or whatever as you want. You can think about the quantum field. You can think about, you know, alternate universes or whatever. But like, I genuinely go into that quantum field and I visualize, okay, I can create anything I want on this plane. And then when I come back onto this, into this consciousness, this is where I get to actually see it come to life and like, see it like, and feel it with my own, you know, fingertips and whatever. Yep. Uh, Yeah. I completely love all that that you're talking about. And what I'm thinking is like, nothing shifts in your outer world until something shifts within you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are expecting their outer world to change so they can feel differently inside themselves. People Mm -hmm. think when I get the job, when I get the house, when I get the whatever, when I get the relationship, then I'll be happy. Then I won't be living in this fear. Then I won't be whatever it is. But you have to realize like you have to make the changes internally and then your outer world will catch up with you. Yes. None of this stuff has happened to me or has happened to Rachel overnight. Like we mm-hmm. had to put the deep inner work into ourselves, so that way we can attract the right clients. We attracted each other to create mm-hmm. this whole business together. Like all of that comes into place when you step out of that fear and you start embracing the unknown with love and curiosity and excitement. Like that Mm -hmm. is purely what this is all about. So if you're listening to this and thinking, well, I've been doing all these things and nothing has happened yet. Do some deep inner introspection on yourself, right? Like just dive a little bit deeper. Like we've talked about what place you're operating from, because that is going to make a huge difference difference and the visualization or mental rehearsal or you know even drawing things out like I've drawn out I have tons of notebooks where I've literally drawn myself not in very good writing or drawing (laughs) but have drawn myself like outdoors climbing and then I put like a little v a little v4 or whatever which is like a, a grade in climbing and really get myself into that mentality. Like that's happening. Mm-hmm. I, my, 
like Rachel said, your body doesn't know the difference of what your mind is thinking. Your body, if think about it right now, if you close your eyes and think about a loved one passing away, your body is going to have Mm -hmm. physiological changes. You might start crying. Your heart rate might start racing. You might start getting really good example. So just think about the power. Okay. Yeah. Let's think about this right now. What think about how crazy it is to in this moment, if we closed our eyes, if we thought about the happiest moment of our life right now, our wedding day, a baby being born, whatever, or, or any of these things, you can physio- physiologically feel the changes happening inside of you. So mm-hmm. now imagine if you sat yourself down, visualize the happiest, healthy version of yourself, mm-hmm. whatever your intention is for this journey. Imagine if you did that every day. What I'll tell you is subconsciously, you will start changing your behaviors, Mm -hmm. you'll start creating new habits, and you'll start attracting people and situations and circumstances to you. Because on a subconscious level, you your body is believing that that's already happening. So you're just acting those things out. And so it's not like some magical thing where it's like, Oh, just visualize and it comes to you. No, it's a matter of you stepping into this new version of yourself. And then the universe or whatever you believe in saying, okay, this is what you deserve. This is where you're at. So I'm giving that to you. Yes. Preach. Something that just came through as you were saying that is it's almost like, I like to think of when we're in that visualization state, when we're in that meditative state or quantum field, whatever, whatever it is that you are practicing, it's almost like we're writing the play. Right. And then when we come back to this consciousness, we get to like carry out the play and like create the set for that, right. Create who it is that we want to be in this new narrative. And you have an opportunity every single day to create a new narrative for yourself. Um, there's something that you mentioned earlier about like, we always want to like control and predict what's happening around us and what's Mm -hmm. happening quote unquote to us rather than thinking of, okay, some of these things are happening for me and I can create Mm -hmm. new things happening for me. So maybe it might feel better. Maybe, um, little spoiler, spoiler alert. It will feel better to try surrender, try surrendering to the process, surrendering just a little bit to the fear. That doesn't mean that you're letting it, you know, tear you down. It means that you're allowing the opportunity for it to actually build you up. So I'm kind of visualizing, like, are you choosing to put on like blinder glasses? Like literally like, you know how horses have the little blinders on the sides. Are you choosing to put on that and just have tunnel vision into like straight into the fear? Or maybe you're choosing to put on like little like holographic glasses that make everything so beautiful and like all these different like designs and stuff. Right. And you look around and you're like, Oh my God, what's over there. What's over there. Right. You have two options here. And if you, if you avoid the fear and you never actually like confront it, then you're actually giving into that fear and you're allowing that fear to get bigger and bigger and bigger again, like feeding that monster. And you are allowing it to actually take over and limit you in literally every single way in life. Think about the fact that we always talk about the ripple effect on this podcast. If you allow the fear to take over in one area of your life, what's to stop it from taking over in so many other areas of your life? Yeah. And we talked about even the perfectionist episode where if you're a perfectionist on your healing journey, you're going to be a perfectionist with other things, which is going to be more stressful in all areas of your life. So everything we talk about, honestly, it's going to, I know that a lot of what we talk about is our health, but 
this could be fear-based, you know, decisions with your job or career moves or moving to another state or whatever the hell that is. Like it's going to relate to anything. So usually when people have a fear-based mindset, it's not just with one thing. It's not, well, I just, I'm fearful because I have an autoimmune disease and that's scary and nobody else deals with that. No, people may not have autoimmune diseases, but they're still basing their life off of fear. You know, fear of not living up to expectations of people, fear of uh, not making enough money, like whatever that is. Like everyone is dealing with fear to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest superpower that we have is becoming conscious of that fear and then asking ourselves, is this how I want to live my life? Do I want to live my life in fear or do I just want to leap into the unknown and just embrace whatever comes like that? That's basically Mm -hmm. all you can do. And if you're sitting here, I want you to really, after this episode, I really want you to think about how much fear exists in your life and how much you feed into that fear So if you're listening to this, we just want you to take a step back and see how fear is playing a role in your life. Most often, people don't even recognize they are operating from a place of fear until you start examining their actions and examining where they're at in their life. And most people are like, well, how did I get here? You know, how did this come Mm. about in my life? And so Mm. you have to take a step and think about what was my thought process behind things? What were the actions that I took? And did I repeat that over and over and over? This episode is sponsored by 5CBD. We are so excited to be partnering with 5CBD. I've been using these products for months now, and I've been loving their full-spectrum CBD THC products, especially the sleep gummies. Those are my all-time favorite. Studies actually show that using CBD products with small amounts of THC in them has potential to decrease pain and inflammation throughout your body and also reduce feelings of anxiety and depression, which is something that everyone with an autoimmune disease can definitely benefit from. You don't want to miss out on this offer because you'll get a free full-size tincture or gummies. All you have to do is click the link in our show notes. I want everyone to also remember that all of these other areas that Erica was just talking about also are parts that will affect your health and your wellness, right? Just because we have in society compartmentalized like relationships and professional life and, you know, having a family and all of these other things and like financial wellness, these are all actually areas of wellness. And so, like we said, they all affect each other. Right. And so if we're not addressing them as if they are all in one continuum in one kind of like circle, all affecting each other, then we're actually being a detriment to ourselves in quite a lot of ways because we're not giving our giving those areas the power that they deserve. And honestly, when you strengthen one area of your life, such as relationships, if you have strengthened relationships, if you have all positive relationships in your life and you create healthy boundaries, you're actually strengthening your own relationship with yourself. Your strength, if you strengthen your own relationship with yourself, you're actually strengthening your relationship with money. If you strengthen your relationship with money, you're strengthening your, maybe the way that you approach like your job every day, like all of these different things are so connected. And I think that we lose sight of that because again, society has conditioned us to be like, we have to worry about this thing or else we're not doing it right. And it's like, no, like you're absolutely, you are doing it right. If you are alive, if you are keeping yourself alive every day, if you are doing the things that feel good to your soul, to your mind, to your body, you are doing it right. And I want to give one more kind of tangible tip for you, which is we kind of touched on it, but just to remind you, make attainable goals for yourself. 
set some goals and address the intention. Why are each of these goals important to you? How is it going to show up in your life? Like, how is that going to benefit you in your daily life? And how is it going to feel once that goal has been attained? And with those goals, you can also use the visualization practice. You can also use the journaling techniques. You can also use the meditation practices. And then one other tip is to allow that fear to release on a somatic level, on a physical level, shake it out, jump on a trampoline, jump in place, dance it out, literally just stand there and roll your head or your shoulders or your hips or anything. Like literally you have to let this energy that is so pent up inside of us that again, we've been so conditioned to be like, okay with, or think that it's normal. It has to release somehow in the number one best way to release. If you are not, if you're feeling overwhelmed by something like meditation, visualization, breath work, um, journaling, like we've talked about literally just roll your head in circles, like shake out your shoulders a little bit, do a little shimmy. Like you might laugh at yourself and guess what? Even just that laughing or that smiling is releasing energy out into the universe. And the way I like to think of that is the energy that you are releasing. Yes, it's stagnant. Yes, it might be genuinely negative energy, but you're releasing it. And the universe has the power to completely neutralize it and to allow you to be filled back up with brand new, fresh energy. And another practice that can be really helpful is a body scan meditation. You can literally like basically search on YouTube to any body scan meditation. There's, you know, some are better than others. Um, but basically here, the idea is to just come back to your body, like literally scan through your entire body. And this body scan meditation goes through every part of your body for you to have the awareness of the tension that you're feeling and what your, um, emotions are saying and what you're going through. And then you disconnect, right? You take away that level of the conscious mind and you just go into the inner body. And it is literally psychologically impossible to be focusing on your feelings and your thoughts and actually focusing and being aware of your inner body at the same time. It's, you can't do it. And so you allow that consciousness to flow away from conceptualizing like everything going on in your mind. And you allow your um, consciousness to flow into your body and get deeper into that subconscious level, which is where all of that like creation and wonder can happen. And one more point that I want to make, um, is that I am an occupational therapist. I feel like a lot of people don't know that and I don't talk about it nearly enough. Um, But I, my background is working in hospitals with stroke patients and TBI patients and all kinds of different um, types of people. And something that we utilize really frequently with stroke patients was mirror therapy and visualization practices. And so we would literally talk them through, have them close their eyes and have them like talk them through something that they really want to be doing in their life. If let's say they're, they couldn't move their right arm and we would have them visualize doing it. And we would literally see the muscles contracting in their arm even if the arm is not able to fully move, we would see the muscles contracting. And then same thing, like if one, we would have a mirror therapy where we would put a mirror on like half of their body and the arm that is moving, for instance, we would have them like lifted above their head and they can't see their other arm during this practice because in the mirror, it looks like both arms are moving. And then we would literally, again, see the other arm is trying to do the movements because again, the brain is believing that that other arm is doing the movement. And so the brain and the body are trying to make that connection connection to make it happen. So these things that we're talking about ever on the podcast are never just like, oh yeah, just visualize and everything will be great. It is all based in literal science, right? Um, 
every time I say something's based in science, I don't know if anyone's going to relate to this, but the show Breaking Bad, I always remember Jesse, like one of the main characters, he would always go, science, bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that show. I love that show. The The one thing I want to add to that, I love everything you just said, is that at the at a fundamental level, I feel like fear is equivalent to suffering Mm -hmm. because when you stay in fear, you're suffering because you're limiting yourself. You're limiting, expanding yourself in ways that literally your soul is like, please, please free me of this fear. Please free me of this fear so that I can, so that way you can live your best life and live up to your potential. Like when you are in that fear, it literally is causing pain to your body. I know when I feel like I'm in that fear state of what's to come with my symptoms, I can feel it in my body. I feel Mm -hmm. more symptoms. I feel more tension. I feel more pain. I'm more restless. I have more negative self-talk with myself. Like it expands to multiple areas of your life. So just at the very least, from my personal perspective, look at how fear is contributing to your own suffering whether it's mental, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, just take a step back and say, how is this affecting me? Like, really, Mm -hmm. how is this truly affecting me? And the, the more perspective that you have, the more clear and present that you are with the situation, you're actually going to be able to make the best steps moving forward that you can. And you may still carry that fear with you, but at least you're moving in a direction that is your soul's purpose or what you intuitively feel is good for yourself. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously a super passion driven episode for both Erica and I, this is something that we both work so closely and frequently with clients to move through fears and realize that we're not really able to fully overcome and we're not ever going to be fully ready to move through things, but we have to take action in order to move forward in our lives, in our journeys, in all aspects. And so I really urge you, if this is something that you feel very passionate about as well, that you're feeling like maybe you need some extra guidance with that you you just were like, Oh my God, I need this energy in my life. Reach out to us individually. Erica has one-on-one coaching that she works with clients. Um, I have a support group and all sorts of other group type resources. People need different things. Like every one of us is so different in our own journeys. Some people really need more like to know other people that are dealing with these types of issues that have that positive mindset that want more for their life. Some people just want that one-on-one support of knowing that like you have that one particular person in your corner for anything that you need that has been through this, that understands it, that gets it and is going to be there for you every step of the way, depending on what speaks to you, please reach out to us. Like we absolutely love connecting, especially when we get to new clients that are podcast listeners, because we know that if you've listened to our podcast, you are so on the same page with us. And this is just a tiny freaking portion of what you get behind the scenes when you work with us. And from the bottom of our hearts, we just want to say thank you guys for tuning in with us weekly. We know there's lots of freaking podcasts out there, so much different information out there. And the fact that you guys take the time to listen to the stuff that we have to share just really makes us so freaking happy so thank you guys for all of your support any feedback your messages your emails we love all of that we read every single thing and mm-hmm. we will talk to you guys on the next episode we look forward to hearing from you guys talk to you soon 
Thank you so much for listening to our Autoimmune and You podcast. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share on social media. We really appreciate every bit of support. Sharing is caring. Every like, subscribe, and share that we get helps us get our message out to more people. And we're back. Live from Seattle. <laughs> Take a step back and think. Okay, sorry. There's a... Can you hear it? It's a it's a blower. He's like super loud outside the window. Hold on. Um. Oh fuck. Now I just thought, forgot what I was gonna say. That was, that was dope so as cool. fuck. Honestly, we got a new fire under our ass.